0: The subject of the evening talk is looking at objects. <coughs> A relationship to the world around us is rather simply defined insofar as we have these primary means to make access to the world, and the means being our eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and touch. And through these five sense doors, the world around us communicates itself to us, passing through the medium of the senses and then through into our mind and into our heart. And we see that there is an ongoing activity in our life of the world generating itself to us and we responding to it, reacting to it, or or not being affected by it. And we see too on our own side in this duality of of life, that is ourselves and the world, That on our side, too, we have the ability to affect and influence the world. So when we think of passing through life and making this journey together, we observe that the world affects us and we affect the world. And awareness in that mutual relationship is such that it's like a light, having as a primary function a light which reveals and shows to us clearly and increasingly more clearly how we, as human beings, influence and affect the world and how the world influences and affects us. And so with the light of awareness we become more clear about what's happening in life, what our relationship is to life, and what's life's relationship to us. (coughs) In our making contact with the world, we see too that, to some degree, we have a certain area of choice you and I can choose to engage, to do something, to make contact with the world, and whether we like it or not, the world can, in different ways, can make contact with ourselves. And so, as an example, if I clap my hands, one may have found that the first two or three minutes of this talk was completely tedious, And, and... prefer to think about the hot drink at 9.30 and yet the clap of the hand reg- unless one was, is particularly effective at closing off um, <laughs> would, have <laughs> would have registered itself in other words the world in this case in the form of a sound communicating itself over to you whether one likes it or not And so we find ourselves in situations like in a retreat or in any other areas of life of course where the world keeps registering itself inside of us whether we want it or we don't. And so part of a life of awareness and living with clarity is to acknowledge this everyday reality. And it only goes to show for us that you and I, that we we cannot make this world as we want it to be. And if we could, life would be intolerable. So part of the, the balance of life, the, the give and take of this world is, is being, o- being aware of the mutual influences that the world has on us and when it comes unexpectedly and that we have to learn and it is learning to deal with that and the world which w- comes to us which we appreciate, which we've worked towards, which we've helped to establish or create. What we find in in a simple process of what takes place, that when you and I open our eye, initially what occurs is simply the bare registration of a patch of color on our eye. It's the, the, the bare minimal, shall we say, which takes place. And from inside of ourselves, in our mental processes, almost simultaneously, there is there occurs a feeling, sometimes imperceptible, and a perception which recognises that which touched one, which touched the eyeball, that patch of colour. And rather similarly with the field of sound and smell and taste, there is the initial impact, it registers, there is a recognition, generally, not always, there's a recognition of what one, what is registering, and in that time, that which registers becomes an object for us. And the whole world has just begun. <coughs> so in this contact with the world and, it, and its registration upon us, we see some we hear something, we smell something, we taste something, we touch something and we might say in those moments, either individually or collectively the world for us registers not getting questions of the reality or the unreality but the world for us registers and with that object and the perception goes with it, it that impact Determines how we live our life. Now we see that that in in that at contact, and we find situations here, countless number of situations where the world may show itself as a particular person or a particular group of people or a particular number of items and they make an impression and our mind begins to move, takes an interest in, focuses upon and begins to isolate that object, that person. And, and so there's a certain selection which takes place in our life in which some things or some people or some objects have a greater priority. And in that impact that that world has and in the priority that it has, more of our mind becomes involved. And so we find at times, when the mind, as the mind becomes more involved, as it centres itself and focuses around that ob- object, we can build up and build into and upon that particular object or situation of person another whole world around it. And sometimes we don't know where the true world is. You like listening to music. Maybe you like listening to music. I like listening to music. And in the listening to the music, the sound is registered. The notes are are registering there. And one finds inside of oneself a response which is occurring in some way or other. And sometimes that response is one of appreciation and recognition and acknowledgement. And sometimes the response is not so much a response, but a reaction to it. I don't like it. And one comes up with the conclusion, that music, oh, it's dreadful. It's boring. And in that reaction to that sound, we've created a, a world which has said what it is. This person, that drives me up the wall, this person is fantastic, etc, etc. So the impressions in the mind begin to move and as it were impregnate themselves upon the bare object. And we say that's what that object is. Boring. Terrible. Awful. Fantastic. Whatever. And we create the impression and the projecting power of the mind on the the object makes us believe that's the truth that's what he, she, that, it, they are like but that's the world our mind has pushed out there and sometimes when we're particularly in the midst of difficulty when our mind has particularly been involved in a situation or object or person for a great deal, there is so much movement of mind, we, we don't know what's the truth and what's false. <coughs> we don't know what the reality is because we can't distinguish between what's happening inside with the images and what's the fact. And when we lose touch in the f- with the fact, mind, psychological well-being, health, love, and intelligence is all at risk. Say, love la <laughs> So, and within this process of activity, of course, and what we notice with this extraordinary capacity of our mind, including the heart, the whole realm of the feeling life, is that we don't actually need the object, whatever it is, to be present because our mind has the power of retention through memory to to maintain a particular image. And so th- some think or someone may be absent, but we feel the resurrection of it and the renewal with all the subjectivity still going around that object. And it becomes all very believable for us. And sometimes we've found this situation in a relationship. You've been in contact with somebody. There's been a great deal of love and warmth there. Then something has begun to began to change. And the mind has become confused and, and in turmoil and, and in pain. And then in that, that turmoil and pain, doubts begin to arise. Perhaps there was never anything there in the first place. Perhaps there was nothing of any quality. And so the image is there, but the image has long since lost contact with whatever was originally. Or it's lost contact with the person and where he or she is at the present time. And all it knows is that inner turmoil. And so sometimes, of course, within the inner turmoil there's the blame, there's the resentment, there's the fault-finding, and there's that additional output of projection. And so we find ourselves, at times, hard to see through that, that, that jungle, of interactivity to what the actual condition is, what the, p- the condition of the person, the condition of the situation, what the, the bare reality is. And what we've noticed with ourselves, and this is a, a real propensity of our mind, and one to help, as it were, always with this, to work to find the balance, is that when something is particularly difficult, one is having a painful time within a, the context of a particular situation, we find at times that our mind, our heart, our feelings, can only put up with it for a period of time. To actually stay with something without without resistance at all, just experiencing, without drawing any conclusions, just feeling what one is feeling is extraordinarily difficult. And sometimes when we're going through a, a very difficult period and we want to stay with something that we don't move away from it, It seems to require a certain expression of faith to stay with that which is disturbing. The faith which says, if I can stay with it without any resistance, I'm not creating an opposite to it, I'm not creating some tension against it, and that faith which says to let this flow through, to let this occur until in its own way it finds its own equilibrium, its own balance. And when one is on a roller coaster and the mind is totally uncooperative and it's doing its number to the nth de- de- degree and it feels like one volcano after t'other, it seems that within that, that somehow or other one finds oneself fighting against it, creating, trying to create a separation from it, trying to pull back from, and within that it creates a pressure. (coughs) It creates tension. The tension may temporarily stop that I can't stand it, it's got to stop here whatever, and one loses oneself in other objects sleep food drink socializing music, TV etc, etc the world comes in with its other objects and it says, lose yourself in this rather than have faith in what you're experiencing that, that you can follow it through till it finds, it sorts itself out and finds its own balance. One of the ways in our connection with what we are, uh Experience and our connection with um, the difficulties of experience. This this light, incidentally, is not so much for you, you to see me, there's nothing of interest here, but for me to see you to feel that I'm connecting. that one of the ways that when we're having a difficult period of time and, this and th- so there's some pain, particularly in the field of emotional pain which a number of you over these days have been um, uh, as always um, experiencing and this often tends to bring out of course the feeling you know for other people, if they're not experiencing emotional pain then there must be something wrong with their meditation, but it varies. Sometimes within I- in the field of experiencing some pain or, or difficulty which is arising, that one of the ways that one wishes to move out of that is that one creates the tries to create, rather unconsciously, the opposite. This feels bad, therefore I will project and think and feel about something good. And so sometimes, as I mentioned, it can be, say, Pain in the relationship, and what happens that is developed? What is generally referred to on the circuit as the VR syndrome? And I'll initiate you. <laughs> the VR syndrome is when s- some somebody um, <laughs> is selected out within the, within the group situation to be an object of one's um, romantic ideas. So this is called Vipassana Romance. This is VR, you see. <laughs> and during the period of time of a, of a retreat not at all unusual for a person, a woman or a man to be the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> and one, and all of one's, and that person becomes the object of one's attention. And to that object is gen- is generated um, all the ideas about perfection and ful- fulfilment and completion and it's just karma that we're here together, etc. etc. <laughs> and when the mind really gets c- caught up in this um, in this kind of syndrome, you know, it's almost certain that coincidentally that that man or that woman or whatever, will walk through the door, one behind the other, or be in the same food line, or even miraculously sit at the same table to eat together. <laughs> <laughs> and all of this becomes proof that something wonderful is happening between us. And, it, and it's not uh, unusual for the, for the person who is the object of the other person's um, attention, not even to know anything what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> Persons just very mildly and quietly doing their sitting and their walking, not knowing that there are five, ten, fifteen people all floating round like bees round the flower. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes in the movements of our movement of our mind in a shift to find something nourishing or fulfilling or a object of interest we create this we create this world as as a way of feeling some feeling better inside of ourselves and we see that many myths in our life are very much created in this way that we can live in going from one myth to another, going from one w- mind created world to another, which has some link with the actual world, some connection so n- not something which is totally divorced from it, but so often out of touch with really what's happening, and that being out of touch with really what's happening and that wandering on from one thing to another in the religious tradition is called samsara. (laughs) Samsara literally means in the Sanskrit wandering on from one thing to another and never being really in touch, never seeing clearly the real nature of things. Now, sometimes in our relationship to the world and the way that it impresses itself upon the world, one could rather unwisely but forgivably think, well, if one takes that out of one's life, if one drops the projections, it's been a long day, (laughs) drops the mind which is fixes upon and begins to build up then the world is going to become very dry. There's going to be nothing to have any interest in. It's just going to be, oh, she's just an object and he's just yes. an object. And, <laughs> and it's kind of, kind of be everybody's going to be, you know, re- reduced to, a, to a, an automaton of no interest whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> Even the birds protest about those <laughs> conclusions. <laughs> 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 and so in our connection with the world and the world that makes its impact upon us, this is where truly, as I mentioned in a uh, few evenings ago, in our relationship to the world it's not only seeing object clearly, seeing person clearly, but a c- that's accompanied with a sensitivity. It's a feeling factor which is there and the feeling factor as it registers and connects with that object, that person that's registering itself the feeling factor brings the mind to a sensitive awareness of and that sensitive awareness of whatever is one which seeks to live in relationship to without oppressiveness, without demand upon, without taking advantage of. And it's when we actually get caught up in the object, I mean literally, caught actually caught up with it and, and holding on to it, then that narrowness of mind begins to focus and and hold. And in the holding mechanism, we feed, through that holding and that restriction, all of that stuff. But the difficulty is that our relationship to the world and and all that this extraordinary world has to reveal and to offer to us that the holding and the attachment and the clinging and the grasping onto and the sensitivity and the warmth and the affection and the appreciation can coexist together that they're not two entirely separate f- activities or functions of our mind so the affection can be shown it can be shown to a particular person, a particular situation and also this holding and grasping can accompany it with all the tendency towards possessiveness and fear and jealousy and all that feels unright So in our com- coming to an, an awareness we look to see in what ways in, in our re- connection with the world um, and very much the world that we're speaking here, what, ways, wha- what have we seen today which from the world with all the registrations that keep coming through our eyes, what has registr- registered itself more noticeably for us today? Who? what, where, when, how. In the course of this day has there been some form of experience which has a direct connection with what's happening around us which has made its impact and is making its impact today. Because within that impact, betw- in that no matter how subtle it may be of that which is registering, in that impact we can learn s- not only so much about ourselves, but so much about many other areas of the way object affects us and we affect the object. So, In other words, just isolating or taking one particular event which has made its impact and looking carefully at that can be the key to seeing how that same inner activity can be registering in other situations with other people in other times. And once again that extraordinary element of awareness which is the characteristic of a true human being which looks at the conditioning and becomes aware of the the influence of conditioning that light of awareness which marks us off as being human is such that the light of it can look carefully at what's happening with a mind of interest Mind and a heart which wants to learn from this whatever. <coughs> and we see too, and I'm um, surely we've all had this experience, that in this registration, when something becomes too close for oneself, it's hard to see it clearly. When something or someone is making too much impact on the consciousness, too much events going on on in the mind, the the closeness of that prevents us looking at what's happening. Rather like if I place my hand right in front of my eye, I can't see what's there in that hand. I need, as a human being, some sense of space, the space which enables me to see the lines, the fingers, the form, the shape, what's happening there. And so this finding in ourselves of a certain sense of space in life has no mark of withdrawal, but it's that capacity in life with love and sensitivity To see what's there, to see what's there, to see what's there, to see what's there, to find the space in that relationship to the world, and in that, they've maintained a respect and a sensitivity in that contact and in that communication in a way which the world doesn't shrink. It doesn't shrink to a job, to a person to the past, to the future, or whatever. A world doesn't become narrowed because we've forgotten the significance, the liberating significance of space in life. sometimes in the evening hours and in the night hours when the, the day has become rather quiet and rather still and human beings are resting and one is just out in the night just walking and looking up at the the night sky and and seeing and and sensing the the earth and the the expanse of it but sometimes in those times all that which was one has built up around oneself and all those events of the of the day and all the mental occurrences of the day seem less important. And the role that one and the roles that one has adopted in life and all the things that you and I build up our sense of person and ego and who we are. Sometimes all of that just as it were seems rather trivial, rather small in the cosmos. And one just has a sense of not being so-and-so or so-and-so, but just being, and being aware, and being expansively aware of, th- of the earth and the sky, and all that's between it. And sometimes when we have a sense of that, you know, we, we are able, and a deep sense of that, and the nature is always a great support spiritually, and we have a, great, a deeper sense of that, it enables us to do something so important. It n- enables us to get and come to a perspective on what's happening inwardly. What's happening in one's life, in one's functions, in one's position, in, in what one is made up to be. And so it's necessary for us in in finding this balance and and coming to a sense of relativity to be able to know that directly. And the earth and the sky and the space between offers us that perspective. And some of us have found in our life it's extraordinarily helpful and 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 valuable and, and nourishing and, and renewing to make the sky the object, to make space the object, to make the, the extent of the earth and the nature the object, so that we don't in our life become overwhelmingly embroiled in the events within. And when we lose touch with the sky and the space and the and the earth and the here and now, this world, this manufactured world, begins to take on an exaggerated import. So the sense of perspective, the sense you know of the relativity, you know, which you know, meets so well with you know, spirituality and scientific discoveries. The, s- the sense of the relativity means that when that is being more discovered within, ours, within ourselves in an extraordinary way, being free and the condition of the mind are not so related to each other as we have been led to believe. as it were, it comes back again to the, the light of awareness showing and revealing when one is happy, when one is confused, when one is clear, when one is concentrated, when the mind is wandering or whatever it is. And it reveals that, but one is able to see that in the context more and more because of the light of awareness and balance, the context of the whole. Because you and I and others have sensed somewhere inside of ourselves the significance of just looking at the mind as an object. The thoughts, the feelings, the moods, the attitudes, the memories, the projections. Just as an object showing itself which one is able to see and to observe and, and recognize its coming and its going, its, its noisiness and its quietness. And it's another object in this vast field. An object to approach with awareness and sensitivity. And one may say, approach it with another part of the mind, or it doesn't matter how one conceptualizes it. And so in finding a a balanced relationship to life and to its expression, the balance of relationship is both equally to the physical world out there and the mental world. To what's going on inwardly and to what's going on outwardly. And neither will ever be perfect. sometimes one wonders and asks, if being free in its true meaning, of truly free, truly expensive in this, in this world, which is really the heart of all that we're concerned with here, and this seeing clearly includes seeing with a very clear perspective on the inner and the outer life and that inter interaction. How is one going to know that one is seeing clearly? How is one going to know that it's not just a <coughs> thought? There's not just a, a, an interesting set of ideas which seem plausible in some way or other. characteristic this is rather important the characteristic of the of clear seeing and uh, of this process and relationship to life of the world affecting one and one affecting the world and seeing things in that balance and context is such if that seeing is there love must register Sensitivity must be registering, one must be feeling it in within oneself, it must be finding channels and means for communication in this world. As not as the only experience but as a predominant experience, a, predom- a predominant manifestation of, of one's being because it indicates to us that the grasping and the holding and the restricted world it's losing its power. The small world which our mind does get caught up in loses its substance, loses its reality if you will. And so that in our life, in the seeing, there's more of a predominance of clear seeing and therefore the touch of the feeling element and the sensitivity and love registers with that feeling as an action in this world. And then we know we are seeing clearly, and others will know too, So our relationship to life is one of being aware of the forms the mind takes, its movement to hold and cling on to, the working with that, the freeing of the mind from those constraints, towards a balance and towards a discovery in which freedom is present and the child of that freedom is an affectionate relationship to all life. And when our mind, as it does, get caught up, when there's a pattern of grasping again, one's whole being looks at that situation as fully and as carefully as possible. So that we learn and grow and discover fresh ways of seeing again. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings see into the nature of things. May all beings be free. Let's have three or four minute quiet period together, please.